G'day community and welcome to the Jock Reynolds podcast. We're brought to you by Telebeats. You're listening to the music. I've changed the intro up on patch. Everything's going haywire. I also wanted to shout out before we get to it, the great Trigger Happy from the comments on the website. He's started a new band called the ISO Laters and they are releasing uh, spoof parody songs and their first one's AFL related. Check it out in the show notes, but... Here we are. The fantasy, the festival of footy is done. I think. Patch. I don't know. No, there's still one game. It's Monday. There's still a game of football tonight. It hasn't started yet. The round hasn't finished. We're recording a podcast. This is the Jock Reynolds Community Podcast. For those of you that have no idea what's happening, because Lek has changed the intro. Um, what I, this football has just been endless, and then tomorrow night we will have the long, just slow silence of not football. What did we well, do before the Festival of Fantasy on weeknights? <laughs> I don't know. We may have had loved ones to speak to and hold, but who knows? That could have changed. I guess they can't really go anywhere if they're in Victoria, so you're probably still in with okay. some luck. Fe- the Festival of Fantasy is over, but it starts again soon. It's coming oh, back. Boy. Oh, boy. It's, elect- it's Festival of Fantasy 2 Electric Boogaloo, where it just gets even crazier. Um, are you are you excited? Um, let's just take a couple of days off before round thirteen starts, and then I'll tell you whether I'm excited or not. That's yeah, cool. I think uh, it's a normal round for all intents and purposes this week. However, the rest of the year, it's going to continue being that Supercoach teams or team lineups are only named twenty four hours out. So trades are still going to be hard despite it being a normal round. Hooray! Yay. Thank you, AFL. Thank I just, you. are you mentally prepared for that to become the norm next year? Because I'm telling you now, it's going to happen. Oh, I know it. I know it is going to be, but the blow when they officially announce it, or it is officially tweeted by Mitch Cleary at 10 o'clock on a Tuesday in November, <laughs> will crush my soul. Um, but it's going to happen, and it's just the way forward, unlike the NRL, which has its shit together, and it's like, oh, every Tuesday we're announcing all the teams. No, no, the AFL is like, hell, oh, oh, we're announcing the teams sunday night for a monday game because you have monday footy now deal with it we're we're already getting worked up and we haven't even started talking about the games or the super coach or the anything oh god let dog oh god strap yourself in so we get more trades that's the big takeaway we all get three extra trades which we can burn to do whatever the hell we want we shouldn't burn them because, my God, are we going to need them? We will have premiums being rested left, right, and centre, especially from teams looking to make finals. We'll see Brisbane be like, no, Lockie Neal, sit down. You have to have a week off, otherwise you'll injure yourself and won't be able to play in a final. So they will force stars to take uh, games off. It's just how it's going to work. Um, so and, it looks and, like this. It's round but, 13. Normal reek. Well, <laughs> I mean, normal. it's got a Monday game in there, but it is a normal week. It's and the best will be 22. Announced. 24 hours before but yeah best 22 everyone plays a game you get a game you get a game you get a game it's kind of as normal as 2020 can be baby then round 14 is a buy round it's best 18 three trades maximum 
first week of head-to-head finals. You'll get an extra trade, I think, added on for that round. Round 15, another buy around best 18, maximum of three trades. Head-to-head has the week off in the traditional week off in round 15 for Supercoach. Round 16, best 18, max three trades, head-to-head week finals two. Finals week two, round 17 is a normal week. If we can look that far ahead, although it's not actually that far away, Patch, it's only like a couple of weeks away, even though it's about eight rounds away. What are weeks anyway? It doesn't matter. I don't know. (laughs) And then round 18 is a normal week where the head-to-head grand final will happen and all of your primos will be rested or put into season-ending surgery. Yay! That's the lie of the land, Patch. Now that we know that, we can assess the week that's come, and we can assess the way forward for the community. And well, we can speak generally. We've got what's it? Three best eighteens out of the next six weeks. So that says to me one thing, Patch, and it's that we should be targeting if we weren't already guns and rookies. Yes, yes. I mean, there is a bit of scope with a, a mid prices because. The, the problem with that is like guns and rookies requires rookies and a lot of people <laughs> don't have rookies. They've got your Mark Keane sitting on the bench. They've got your, your Ben Kavara sitting on the bench. Who's back suddenly out of nowhere. You've got, you know, people that haven't played since round six and will never play again. It's yeah. Cash is a problem. So it's, it's uh, do you, yeah. Do you go for, for best 18 and like try and bring in your, your really high-scoring Clayton Olivers, your, your Tom Mitchells, your Christian Petrarchas, if you haven't got them, or do you then try and just do a Hail Mary and put together a team of, of mid-prices and hope that Connor Rosie decides he wants to start being in form again? I Look, I think you've got to maximise, you know, primos, guns, even if they're underpriced guns or guns that have fallen in price, guys like Travis Boat, guys like even Jai Simpkin, old class in that, considering his performance this year, uh, you've got to target these guys when you could afford them because if 50% of the games, let's say you get to full primo, right? Including, ha. It, <laughs> let's, hypothetically. Good one. Good one. Yeah, okay, 20 Hypothetically. You've got full primo, everyone's playing, you've got a few mid-prices in there that you're counting as a primo. For 50% of the rest of the season, four of those players' scores are going to fall out of your best 22 so you should really target that next step up, that upper echelon. I don't think there's as much value now in going with mid-prices, which is a concern because that's my entire team. Yes. Uh, yes. I, I, yeah, if you can get to those players, absolutely. But I, I, I wouldn't discount looking at, uh, you know, Connor Rosie, Jordan Dawson, these players that will average like 80, but they will have weeks where they score 120 and weeks where they score 40. And you just got to hope that the weeks they score 120 line up with the weeks where the other ones score 40. It's not an ideal strategy, but for a lot of people, they just simply won't have the alternative because the rookie situation this year has been just almost as big a fire heap as the Essendon Football Club has been this year. Which, by the way, we should probably address it. Damo isn't on the podcast um unfortunately i don't think we're gonna see him again soon and look we might have exchanged a few words throughout the weekend and i hated him he hated me and now we both agree that jack nunes is the son 
of God. So go Blues. Sorry, Damo, you couldn't be here. We hope to get him back before the end of the year, though, Patch. No, we don't. I mean, not not if we need to, because that would require a discussion about Brayshaw Breakout, which I'm not ready to have. He scored 67 on the weekend, and I'm pretending that's his season average. Um, yeah, okay, that's a tactic. That's a, that's a tactic. I'm pretending Brandon Stasevich's average is 99, then. Cool. He's a primo. I can go with I can go with that. It means I have a complete backline. Anyway, let's let's get into some slightly more detailed discussion. The big bit this week, obviously Sunday night, James Sicily has done his ACL. As much as we go on about him being a flog, him missing a year and a half is terrible for football. It's just bad. There is no good way to look at this. Nobody wins out of James Sicily being out of the game for for that long. It's bad. Uh, from a super coach perspective, Lake Dog, it's also bad. Yeah, no, it's it's very bad. Uh, for owners who have him, obviously he's a must trade, and uh, it's just it's not what you want to see. You don't want to see a guy go down for a year, and we saw with Doherty, they don't always come back like, and and they're not the same player straight away, and yeah, it's it's going to be really rough. And we might be talking about him in twenty twenty two as the the best buying option ever but and right now if we're gonna face the whole cold hard facts we need to find some replacements for this man and well at least for those who have gone ham with their trades we do are getting extra trades so there's a few options patch and your boy luke ryan has to be yep. at the top of the yep. bunch top of the list was very close to bringing him in during the week and went for the Big O instead. And while the Big O did okay, he did kind of what I expected him to do. Luke Ryan scored 162 points, uh, which, in case you're bad at numbers like me, not a lot of points. Um, uh, sorry, it is a lot of points. I, I mean, I'm bad at numbers. I literally just said it. It was in the heading. Um, yeah, top of the list. Hattie's by, good at football. Freo are going to have a lot of ball in the back line. It's a no-brainer. Uh, no-brainer. Jake Lloyd, if you don't have him, would be the other no-brainer if you can afford him. Well, yeah, so Sicily to Ryan is going to cost about, I think, 40 or 50 grand now that, uh, obviously, Sicily's dropped and Ryan will jump. Jake Lloyd, as you said, has had a bite. He's a beast. He's, we all know everything about Jake Lloyd. There's a couple other guys who have already had their buy. Nick Haynes and Zach Williams, a very popular pick. Zach Williams tunned up for the third time in a row on the weekends. It's coming back from injury. Uh, let me just confirm that with my maths. He did. He scored 111, 105, 112 the weeks before. They're probably the four that I've got in my head, but for me, Luke Ryan is easily the uh, the pick of the bunch. God, I, I, I don't watch Fremantle as closely as I should, Patch, but watching him on the weekend, he's he was giving up like 10, 15 centimetres to to our tolls and he was playing like a big marking hulking man and then running around and delivering the ball like Caleb Daniel what a what a player he's except he was marking Tom Hawkins the other week Tom Hawkins and like you know Tom was it who was who was Cleary Tom Cleary was just cleaned up by him and Tom Cleary has kilos and centimeters on Luke Ryan and he somehow I, I don't know how he does it but he's fast becoming one of my favorite players get him in. If you are looking for someone a bit cheaper though, um, if you just simply don't have cash or you need to downgrade so you can upgrade someone else somewhere for some reason, there are a few other cheaper options around. Um, Do you do them? I don't know. It's kind of a bit dicey, but um, 
Jackson Thurlow has scored 118 and then 90. <laughs> that uh, is not a name to... I was expecting to <laughs> come out do you of your wanna, mouth. Do you want to pick Jackson Thurlow? Probably not, but hey, he's there. He's cheap. Um, he's doing the thing. Um, Dan Houston is still kind of running around midfield-ish. Jordan Dawson is kind of doing the same. Um, they're players you could consider. And there's one other player who I've completely forgotten, slipped out of my mind like a slippery eel. Um, and I will try and remember who that is because they were a good option. Luke McDonald. Luke McDonald. Um, Alex Witherden, probably another one as well to discuss. Yeah. Um, yes. Uh, Luke McDonald is is going kind of insane this year. But like the last few weeks, he's just suddenly decided he's going to start scoring lots of points. He's 490k before this week and then scored some more points, so we'll go up a lot more. There's quite a few of these North... I don't know yeah. what's going on at North this this year. You've got Jamont, you've got McDonald, you've got Jed Anderson, obviously uh, Simpkin. What's going on? They've just had some really super coach relevant players, and I, I think we've probably been too slow to adopt them. Mm, I mean, Davey Zuniak on the weekend only scored the 86, but my God, did he look good. And Matthew Lloyd's come out and said, he's the next Chris Judd. Which, maybe that's an overreaction, but hey, he's on the Supercoach watch list for next year. Um, It does help that North Melbourne have a lot of players that don't score. Uh, Like, you look at their score from this week, you have Lockie Hosey, 36. You've got Mason Wood, 16. Um, You know, a bunch of 60s, a bunch of 50s. A lot of players just not scoring, which means those points kind of have to go somewhere. Um, And they they go to the top. One defensive player we'd be remiss to to not suggest as a replacement is Tom Stewart obviously there's some buy issues and some rest issues there but played another good game hit the ton 103 his price is going to be around what 480k can't do maths easily shouldn't try and do maths off the top of my head but he's another cheapy option to look at Indeed. Um, I think that, that basically covers the backline. We've mentioned all of the players that exist that play in the backline. I just wanted to quickly touch on there was a couple more injuries over the weekend. So as we move into the midfield patch, because I think you're right, we're done with defence. Sam Simpson, he is a trade if you haven't already traded him. He's had a hammy strain, so he pulled up sore during that game and it was obvious he was a trade when it happened. Um, yep. Was that you this could... week or last week? Times stand Times, still. Uh, it, this this round it happened. It happened this round. Friday. Okay. Is today I, I don't know. Today is, I think, Monday. Um, means you can, depending on how he goes tonight, do the dream trade of Simpson to Flanders, which would make my dreams come true, really. God, that a, that's a fun trade to execute on. Tom Hutchison, who was the rookie for GWS, he is injured. I don't think we'll see him again this year. And Tim English, there's some question marks. I know he's a he's a ruckman, but there's just a there's a few super coach relevant players that uh, have come under injury clouds. And Elliot Yoonas would be very sad because he was a late out. So there's quite a few injuries to work around. Patch, it's not a great time for it. I'll be honest. No, and it'll only get worse. Uh, get ready, everyone. Yeah, Yo sounds like he's got some sort of long-term thing as well, which you just love to hear, love to see um, when he's in your supercoach midfield because it's probably a trade. I heard the words osteitis pubis mentioned with Elliot's Yo, Elliot Yo's name in a sentence. 
I thought um, they cured osteitis pubis. Haven't heard about that for years. Uh, yeah, that's because Joe Danaher has that many other ailments that it doesn't matter that he's still got osteitis pubis. Um, maybe, maybe he doesn't have it anymore. I genuinely don't know. He, he could just be Mr. Burns where they all cancel each other out. But I'm not a doctor. Mm, it's an interesting one. Anyway, let's talk midfield patch because there is some value and maybe some rookies... Maybe not. Who knows? Maybe. I mean, Jack Bartel is will play. He might not score well. You don't want him on field. But hey, he's a player that exists. Josh Honey played for Carlton. Did how did how did Honey go? Pretty much unsighted, to be honest. Um, I suspect he'll stay in the side. I wouldn't be trading him in. Fair enough. You heard it here first from somebody that watched the game. Um, yeah, that's about it. Zach, Zach Reed? Zach Foot? Zach Foot? Zach Foot and the Reed. Once again, we're not really naming many midfielders. Oh, actually, he might. he's a midfielder, isn't he? So forward mid? Uh, yeah, forward mid, Zach Foot. Nick Reed is a forward, but these are really the only rookies that kind of still super cheap and or debuted on the weekend. Not not confident on many of them. Foot's probably the pick of the bunch. Uh, but if you've got a downgrade, if you've got a downgrade, I think Zach Foot's the one. And I say that with yes. zero confidence. Yeah, I mean, he's Sydney are playing the kids. Um, he's probably sitting in Elijah Taylor's role, and Taylor obviously won't be back after that suspension. Um, yeah, but there are there are players that are at the other end of that spectrum in the midfield that you'd want to be bringing in if you could. Who were some of those players? Well, I think if we're, if we're looking at midfield guns, if we're looking at best 18 caliber players, Luke Parker, for me, from Sydney Swans, has had his bye. He's not going to be player that they rest. He racks them up. He's got 127 on the weekend. I think he's just... He's always amongst the top scorers come the end of the year for total points. And and he's someone I'm looking at as, as a really good target who's not in a lot of teams he's in under 5,000 teams and yeah he's he's good at super coach I mean I hate to say it I hate to use the age-old adage but he's averaging 106 this year the the yo-yo went the other way this year and he is uh he is playing very well he is indeed he's playing very well Ganigliog I know I've been reticent to suggest him recently but the Giants need to win every game from here on out unlikely to be rested you'd think um can go massive, which we've seen before. And if he drops a a, a, a bad game, drops out of your best eighteen. It's a it's a win win. Um, and I yeah I I think he's a he's a good selection at, at the five hundred and fifty five sixty k he's sitting at. Yeah, so he was five fifty four going into the round and only scored ninety five with a break even of ninety nine. So he'll drop to about five fifty. I hazard that guess. Look, he's a he's an upside player. He's he is one of these best eighteen gambles because he can pump out huge scores. Has only done it once this year with a one forty one. Hasn't he's had a, a an underrated super coach year? I think he's dropped three games below a hundred. One was a forty nine, but he has the 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 skill and the explosiveness and the influence to go big um, and pump out those scores of. Well, we've seen him score 200s. Is he the midfielder you'd be going from GWS patch? Like, I know he's cheaper than a Josh Kelly, but would you not rather a Josh Kelly? I I have a Josh Kelly, 
and I'm very happy having him over as Stephen Ganigliog. Um, Josh Kelly is slightly more expensive, which makes it a bit harder to bring him in. But if you've got the cash around, if you've got the, the $630,000 you lose, go to Kelly. My goodness, go to Kelly. Tom Mitchell um, is a bit cheaper than that, scored 130-odd on the weekend, just racks the football up, and that won't change despite Hawthorne playing the kids for the rest of the year. He's a very viable option. Is Paddy Cripps a viable option, do you reckon? He scored some points on the weekend. He's still cheap. He did. He did. He had 20 contested possessions and went about 6% by foot. Scored 119. Is he a viable option? He's another one of these guys where the upside is there and the downside is low enough that he can fall out of your best 18. And if you wanted to get adventurous, take a look at Sam Walsh, who's fast becoming Mm. our most consistent um, player in that side, which is a worry because he's only 20. Sam Walsh, a very good pick. I was tossing up between him and Cripps when I'd traded Cripps in, and I kind of wish I'd gone with Walsh now. But anyway, much ado about muchness. Uh, shall we swing into the forward line unless there's anyone? Oh, there, there are cheap options, uh, cheaper options in the midfield um, for yeah, that... those that are that are keen on it. I like James Rowbottom in the midfield. Oh, interesting. Go on. Um, I just I just think he's very good at football. He's playing that JPK role with JPK out of the side. At 400, uh, 400k heading into the round with a break-even at 56, he scored 104. He's a mid-forward swing. Um I just think he's a good footballer. I just really rate him. Um, you know, should average 100 on 100 odd on the way home and be consistent enough to be in that best best 18 here and there. Like he's not going to be scoring 160s all that often, but hey, I just think he's good. I just think he's really neat. I just think he's neat. That's an interesting one. I've seen a little bit of Twitter uh, hype starting about the old Robum. Not one that I'd heavily considered. Uh, Um, He is a cheapy option. We already sort of talked about Simkin and Travis Boak. I just, I really think if, I know, I just really think if you don't have Travis Boak, people should get Travis Boak. Yeah, he, he does have a buy to come, which does hurt if you're pushing for rank. But if you're going for league, then just he, get it. May as well get him in. Um, yeah, just just fire away. Um, shall we swing forward? Do you reckon? Because there's, yeah, um, there's a rather well. there's a rather big forward. Uh, that there's a there's a a big elephant in the room here. Tom Hawkins, like dog. Tom Hawkins, the big hawk Hawkins. What a man! What. A man can't help but think that Port Adelaide probably do have... I I saw some people point this out on Twitter. Probably do have a better defensive plan than nothing um, and just didn't want to show it yet. But gee whiz, he dominated. 204.6 goals to Patch. It was like he was the only man out there. It was like watching a a kid from the under-16s playing in the under-12s. It was just insane. I haven't seen a, a game like that where a key forward is taken up by the scruff of the neck. In the time I've been alive, or so I keep being told by old people who were alive in the 80s and liked football then. Um, but no, it was incredible. And we've spoken about it off air a few times this year of just like, why don't we consider Tom Hawkins? He's like, he's kind of good. Um, and he doesn't miss games and is always in the top for like points scored at the end of the year. And now he scored 204 and had a break even of 60, was at 500k going in. God knows what he'll be at. I'm not even going to try and do the maths. But he's coming off 115, 126, and 204. 
if you can bring Tom Hawkins in, should you bring Tom Hawkins in? Yeah, it, it's a they, very... They play, they play Adelaide next week. Well, he could kick two, 200 goals next week. They may have to change the scoring structure for Supercoach moving forward. He could score all 3,300 points on offer next week. But long long term, do you bring him in? Question I guess the fear, like, he's been good. He's been good for weeks now. Um, I guess the fear is he's going to jump to about 565k off the back of this. He's currently 500 grand. That's maybe, like, there's no value left. Having said that, he's, break, he's still going to go up in price. He's going to go north of 600k courtesy Bryce Mitchell on Twitter. I mean, I like him as a selection. He's always amongst, yeah, as we said, the top total points. And and I don't think enough people put enough uh, emphasis on total points when they're picking their teams at the start of the year. He's always up there. Now, the fear is, you know, prior to this year and maybe even last year, Josh Kennedy was always at the top of total points. So one day when it drops off, it's going to drop off. But right now, I mean, mean, he's not putting a foot wrong. We've got six weeks left too. Like he's... uh... Geelong are going to keep going. They've got a buy to come, and that's the week off. If you're in leagues, um, I'd citation needed on that. Please correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he's got the big buy that everyone has where it doesn't matter if you're in leagues. And you're not going to be trying to make cash out of him anyway. It's not like you're going to be trading him out later on because no one's got any trades left. I think he's. it sounds really obvious to be like, oh, hey, yeah, he scored 200. He's the player to bring in, but he's the player to bring in if you can afford him. <laughs> Yeah, this isn't a case of you chase the car, you get exhausted. This is a man who's in some serious form. 126 last week, 115 before that, a string of 80 pluses, 120, 152. He's only had one, well, he's had two sub-80 games. One was a 79, and then a bunch of, like, high-ceiling games. You are chasing points a little bit. But guess what? Even though he's going to gain sixty-five grand, he's still going to generate some value for you and some points. I like it. I like it, Patch. Yep, I I think you could do a lot worse. By which I mean Michael Walters, who's now suddenly a permanent forward because Brayshaw Breakout lives in the midfield now. Um, I think that was yep. always the fear, wasn't it? It was, and people that jumped on with him coming straight back, I was very hesitant to look at that. You'd, you'd want to have a look at him first, and people that didn't have a look at him first would have been disappointed with him dropping a, where is he on the list? 60. Long way down that list for where you'd normally find the name M. Walters. Um, yeah, I, yeah. Was yeah. Look, was very well defended by Plowman when he was down there. Plowman is having a very good year, uh, but... I would hope to see a bit more out of Walters, even with a good ploughman on him. Uh, yeah, they, I guess he's just electric enough in the forward line. The conditions weren't good. Uh, you can make as many excuses, but he's not scoring the way you want him to. Yeah, and that's the bottom line. You just kind of that's the the, the facts of the matter, um, and kind of how you how you look at it. Uh, yeah, are there any other players in the forward line that are worth considering as players that exist? Oh, there's plenty of players that exist. Is there any I'm considering? The Ford line is a tough one. Like people who bought in Big O or Peter Laddams or these are the sort of names we're talking about in the Ford line and, and, and I'm I'm not filled with confidence just suggesting any of them, to be honest with you. No, it's just the Ford line has always been a, a just 
gaping black hole of just misery. And to this day, it remains that. Well, we did get a question on Twitter about this from V8SC Opinion. Why is it so hard to have a full forward line this year? Backs and mids have been relatively easy given the primo price tips. We bought low and side sold high on. And I think it just goes to, the A, the inconsistency of the forward line for the most part. It goes towards a lot of the players we used to lock into our forward lines got moved into the midfield only status. And old reliables like Robbie Gray and Josh Kennedy have had up and down seasons. Um, They're in some form at the moment, although Robbie Gray didn't score well on the weekend. It's just, I think inconsistency is the key there. There's no obvious forwards outside of sort of your Petrarchas, your Whitfields, your Martins and your Brayshaws. Um, And for the people that, you know, have jumped on Bailey Smith and then jumped back off, you just got to hold them really. Like Smith and Simpkin and some of these you know, middling players that have been in and out of form, they'll dip back into form and you probably should just hold them because the, the alternatives aren't, I like, they're not great, the alternatives. Um, because unless yeah, you've got that, that's that the Brayshaw, other Greenwood, Martin, you know, you get, the, you get four of the top six and then suddenly you're like, oh, where's the rest of the, the value? And you're like, well, it's just bad everywhere. I so, feel like the quality of forward rookies as well was was pretty low this year, particularly with the way that they tend to generate cash. Starting selections, popular starting selections like Devin Smith. Don't know if it was a role change, but something I just think it's misfired just Essendon there. Being bad. Just Essendon being bad. You get a couple of those rookies wrong, you get a Devin Smith wrong, you miss out on a on a Dan Butler and suddenly it, it's really hard to catch up on that that particular line. I think we'll be able to get there by the end of the year, but it's going to require jumping on some some of these cheapish picks like a Simpkin, etc. Yeah. Um, so I, that's... I am, as I've mentioned a few times, I am very closely watching Connor Rosie, and this, you know, he's two hundred eighty-eight k or two hundred eighty-nine k. The second he pumps out a good score, I'm on. He's missed with, he's been injured, he's been carrying a heel niggle basically all year, and Porter finally got to the stage where like, no, we're just going to rest him until he's back just get him right because he's a good player and he'll be good in finals and as we saw rounds one and two 125 145 when he scores he scores well keep an eye on but don't trade him in yet for the love of god don't touch him just yet just uh for those list playing at home the ball has been bounced up on metricon stadium and uh i'm excited to see these teams tire the shit out of each other so the Blues can maybe beat one of them this week on Friday. We got another question from Clarkie. Best trade target for Sicily owners. We've already talked about that. But this one, if you've held Gorn, Patch, if you've still got Gorn, do you stay the course or do you jump regardless? Um, well, it depends on if he's back this week. If he's back this week, you obviously stay because Tim English looking probably more likely to miss than not. And if Gorn is rocking against Jordan Sweet, even if he's on one leg and his back's out of joint and he's dislocated both shoulders, he's still going to score 120 minimum. And we probably don't have the trades to be fuffing around with him. Um, but that said, if you keep him this week, you're probably committing to keeping him all year. Um, that's a lot of cash that could be very useful. And Nick Natanui's in very good form. The big O's kind of getting it done. Um I can I can see why you'd want to trade him out, but I I, I don't know. I, I depends on your team. Depends on how many trades you've got left. Depends on a whole raft of factors. What are you going to do with the cash? 
I, this is a, a not a very good answer, is it, for, for a, a supposed supercoach expert to be like, eh, it depends on your team, I suppose. I don't have no, any, I'll, any I'll advice. No, I'll simplify it for you. I'll simplify it for you. Thank Trade you. Trade him. Be the... <laughs> Trade him go. to Nick Natanui or Todd Goldstein, whichever one you prefer. Uh, yeah, they're both very good players. Uh, Nick Nat, I'm still convinced, will get a rest, despite the fact that he's had the bye. Todd Goldstein has a bye coming up, but... It's the buy. It'll be a best 18 week. Only North Melbourne and Brisbane have that buy. As long as you've got best 18, trade to one of those two players. If you want to stuff around with swings, bring a Laddams or a McInerney into your forward line. It's as simple as that, really. If you've got one of these bench guys, Draper, DeConing, or DeConing, uh, it's good on you, but, geez, I'm not relying on their score on field. I'll tell you that. Goodness gracious me, no. Not at all. I was just going to go through one last question, and this one is both a troll question but also a serious question from Craig. Is Angus Brayshaw an M8 option? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yes. Yes, he is, actually, because in the last two weeks, he's been really good. He's had lots of time on ground. He's been at centre bounces. Um, he's at 400k, and he's he's always we've always known that he's been a good player that year he had where he just sort of caught fire, came third in the Brownlow from absolutely nowhere. He had 113 against North, and this week against Collingwood in the D's trouncing of them, really, he scored 131. And he's just... Is he back? Is that what this is? <laughs> it's a good question. I don't really know. His centre bounce attendance has increased in each of those weeks, so it's clearly correlating with scores. And by the way, I'll just clarify why it's a troll question, because Craig, did you trade him, Angus Brasher, in our Keeper League? Yes, yes, a Keeper League I gave. I finally got sick of Angus Brasher. He scored 44, 71, 49, 56. And then I'm like, right, okay, I can just trade him away as a, a set of steak knives in a Keeper League. And then he scored 91, and then 113, and now 131. And <sighs> anyway, we're not, we're not going there. We're not going there. Well, I mean, that's pretty much it. We went there. That's it. <laughs> we went there. It's done. We can, we can move on, please. Um, in, in fact, an, another troll question we have, yeah, another troll question was, why do I bother doing this from our good friend Rube? Um, why do we bother with this stupid game? And it's a good question. It distracts us from the, the gripping numbness of reality by the gripping numbness of your teams being bad and my team being bad. I'm quietly about, having about, a fun this round, so oh, <laughs> I'm going to bring the positivity it's, this week. It's it's fun, but also everything is terrible, and this is something that's even if it's terrible, it's not real, so it doesn't matter. You can just have fun, bring in your Brayshaws, bring in your Connor Rosies, enjoy yourself, community, look after yourself, give yourself the luxury of trading Gorn down to, to Koenig and upgrading someone to whoever else. I don't know. Go wild. Have fun. That's the important thing here. And if you win 50k along the way, then hey, maybe shout us a beer or something. Yeah, I'd take 50, I mean, a beer. <laughs> I would also take 50k, but I'll take or, a beer. Or, a beer is or, good. or 50 beers. 50 beers is good too. Community, you've been wonderful once again, thanks to Telebeats. And shout out to Trigger Happy for his uh, AFL-themed music parody music, song parody, band wonderful channel. Wonderful stuff. 
Also, shout out to General Saunas, who, what beloved community member, is currently sitting in third. We don't know how that'll go after the everything is released, but we are riding him home for beers from that 50k that we hope he wins. See you later, community. What is this herb? Why do we have to fight? Or we stay inside. The home team gets an advantage. You don't like it. What is this saying the home? We're off to Queensland. We caught the last fight and we face a bomb band. There's no hanky-panky. It means there's no, no, no sex.